This is Wake Up Call with Christina Previtt. I'm here with Dina Asadi, the patient liaison at Dr. Mokhtar Asadi's office in West Orange, New Jersey, board-certified plastic surgeon. Yes. And he also just happens to be your father. And full disclosure, he's my plastic surgeon. Something you and I have talked about many times is that I like to be very transparent yes. about what I've done. And you've always said that you found that so refreshing. Because yeah, it's, uh, that's few and far between with, with people in general, but that's okay. It is. And I have found that, at least on the East Coast, that a lot of people, they just don't talk about it. Northeast. Northeast. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. Florida, that's people true. are a lot more open and honest and willing to share with their friends and family their experience or you know so it's it's tough sometimes when you want your patients to help other people who are thinking about doing things also why do you think that is why are we so secretive up here I don't know fear of being judged fear of not being natural or doing something like cheating the system or you know uh, there's there is a lot of pressure on you know people in general and women just to, you know, be perfect and like figure it out on their own. And why can't they achieve the, the results that they're looking for without seeking, you know, surgery or invasive treatments? So be perfect, but be naturally perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's double edged sword. Yeah. But I also think there's a sentiment that you're being superficial. Absolutely. Which absolutely I don't get. I mean, and we've talked about this, but I don't see how it's different than coloring your hair, which I just did today, or, you know, going to get a facial, which I think we're more accepting of those kinds of yeah. procedures, or doing your nails, or, Absolutely. you know, doing any of those other kinds of things. I'm not Absolutely. sure why we draw the line at plastic surgery. I don't know. I It's gotten, um, a, it's, for whatever reason, it's gotten like a bad rep over the course of years. Yet everyone does it. Yeah, it's so like the little dirty secret exactly, that we have. Exactly. So it's, if you see someone, you know, like in a magazine or on the street or, you know, whatever, even someone you've known your whole life, even your sister or your closest friend, and they look good, they're doing something. I'm yeah. willing to bet that they're doing something or they're taking care of themselves head to toe in general. They're going to the gym. They're watching what they eat. They're mindful of their skincare and their makeup and hair and nails and what have you. But they're probably doing some tweaking also. Like what? What? How can we tell? I guess there's no foolproof way to tell. They look good. Yeah, right? They like J-Lo. Exactly. And Sandra Bullock and yeah. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, and, and, and they're always they're always doing side by sides, you know, these celebrities or people in the media, you know, age 30 versus age 50 or 60. How do they look better now? Well, because every day they're working on themselves or they have like a team of people, you know, Christy Brinkley is 66 years old. And yeah, she and looks, looks unbelievable. And she does. we have patients that come in here and they're like, really? Do you think she's had anything done? I say, yeah, I think she's had everything done at <laughs> least three times. And that's yeah. not an exaggeration. But, you know, that's her brand. Her her look is her brand. You know, from head to toe, every single day she's working on herself. And it's not something you can just ignore for years and years and years and then turn 50 and wake up one day and say, okay, well, I guess you could. You can. But it's best not to do that, right? Yeah, I mean... Ideally, you know, it's 
do you wake up at 50 and decide, hey, um, I care about my health and I'm going to maybe start going to the gym and watching what I eat? Everyone's kind of different. It, it all depends on what makes you feel good. You know, if you have no problem with grays or line you know wrinkles and you know lines and maybe sagging some faces extra sagging faces and you know brown spots and uh maybe not looking or feeling as fit in your clothing you know it's a choice nobody yeah, does these are all elective procedures you know no but it's not medically necessary but if it makes you feel good and it's safe and you're a candidate why not i agree why not but nobody wants to talk about that or the people that do, like they they talk about, you know, the tip of the iceberg. They're like, yeah, I get, you know, um, PRP microneedling. I don't know for for those of you who don't know what that is. That's when you get a small blood sample, you know, drawn, and then we put it in a centrifuge and we separate the yellow liquid proteins from the red blood cells, and then we microneedle that into places like the face or the neck and the chest. Um, it's an amazing rejuvenating treatment, um, great for collagen, great for, you know, improving the quality of your skin. And everything is done, you know, everything is, looks better when you do it like a, in a series. It's not like a one and done thing. Yes. You don't get your hair colored once. You don't get your hair cut once. You don't go to the gym once. You don't um, watch what you eat one day out of the whole year. Everything is maintenance. And that's really important to understand, too. Yes. Um in general, about everything, you know, yes. even if you get any sort of body contouring done, you still need to watch what you eat and how you take care of yourself and exercising. Yeah, I hear that a lot. I hear because I'll be very transparent. I had liposuction and Dr. Asadi did it and I was very happy with the result. But I did learn I gained some weight and I noticed that you know, it's not like you can just go and eat whatever you want no. now and you're going to stay skinny or, you know, I'm using that in finger quotes because you had liposuction done. It doesn't work that way. And liposuction isn't for weight loss. No, it's not. It's really for body contour. Yeah. And it's for removing, you know, the areas of stubborn fat that you can't really get rid of with diet and exercise. So yeah. it's all about managing those expectations, you know. You spend a couple hours with Dr. Asadi during a procedure, but what have you been doing up until that point and thereafter to protect your investment? Yes. You know, I don't yeah. mean that only in a financial way, but that was a commitment that you made. You know, every time you feel like you've gained a couple pounds and you're, you know, feeling some pinches of fat, that doesn't mean you go in for liposuction every time. Yes. Yes. And I hear this from other people, friends who will say, oh, I can't lose weight. I'm just going to go to Dr. Asadi, which they kind of say jokingly. But I think there is a sentiment that you, that's what it's for, that that's, that's what not, lipo does. That's not the answer. Yeah, that's not the answer. And and when, you know, after Dr. Asadi has a consultation with someone and then I sit down and meet with them, I'm thrilled if they want to have procedures. And sure. Awesome. But do they understand about everything that comes along with it? It's the same when a patient wants to have something done with their face, face, eyes, neck, nose, you know, um, how are they approaching the procedure beforehand? Are they taking care of their skin? If they want to spend all this money on, you know, a complete, you know, like facial rejuvenation, are they going to go in the sun after they've yeah. healed? Are they not going to protect their investment? Are they not going to wear sunscreen? Are they not going to invest in, you know, good quality skincare products to be using at home? Are they going to wear a hat? Are they going to wear sunscreen? 
You know, these are all important things to be mindful of. And yes. just because you have surgery on your face doesn't mean you're never going to have the need for, you know, contouring and tweaking with injections or lasers or PRP microneedling or hydrofacial or all therapy. Yes. You know, everything is maintenance. Yes. Well, as Dr. Asadi told me on one occasion, you know, you will continue to age. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which he was sort of laughing when he exactly. said it. Exactly. But, but, it's, but it's all about kind of like how you're aging. Yes. You know, right now yes. is the youngest you and I will ever be. That's right. And now, we're, and now we're just a little bit older than I just said that. Yes. So thanks for pointing that out, yeah, Dina. Well, <laughs> well, something that I learned because a doctor had told me way back, I'm 44 now, he had said, and he was not a plastic surgeon. So he said, oh, you don't need Botox, you know, come back when you're 35. I was probably 30 at the time. So I thought, okay, I'll come back when I'm 35. And in the meantime, I had found Dr. Asadi. I came to Dr. Asadi and I had told him what this other person said. And, you know, he, he sort of shook his head. But there's no magical age, right? When Absolutely, somebody yeah. needs to get something, I think it really comes down to what you're comfortable with. Right. Dr. Asadi said it depends what your expectations are. Exactly. So if you were 30 at the time and you had lines that bothered you or some you know, loss of collagen that you wanted to kind of rejuvenate your look, sure, you're a candidate, you know, are you healthy? Uh, are there any medical issues that we need to be mindful of? Because these are still treatments, Yeah. you know, so you have to make sure that you've talked to the patient and you kind of know about their medical history, any, any prescriptions that you're taking or, you know, any allergies or any, any of that. But if you were 30 or if you were 35 and you didn't have lines and wrinkles that bothered you, then you wait. It's all about it's all about what is going to make you happy and or what do you see when you look in the mirror? That's what Dr. Sadi always asks. When you come in for a consultation, you know, he has like a slew of opinions, but it starts with you. He says, "Okay, you're here. When you wake up and you look in the mirror, what bothers you?" That's right. Yeah, he and does then, say that. And then, you know, the patient will will respond and then he'll give his professional assessment but again it's about managing their expectations okay if you're interested in having surgery what's your flexibility with time your family uh work uh you know can you kind of disappear off the radar if it has to something that might take a longer recovery or if you don't have time or you don't have the financial means what are you giving us to work with and then we will customize you know a bespoke treatment plan for you so what do you do when people come in and they're really shy about surgery? Shy or not educated? Well, or... there's a lot of people that seem to have an aversion to doing anything that's surgical. Right. They because... want everything fixed with Botox and Juvederm. Right. So there's several things. Some of them are just scared for no reason because of us, again, going back to the stigma. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want surgery. Yeah, the stigma. Uh, others perhaps for financial reasons, you know, maybe they know someone or they saw someone who got surgery and they didn't like the way that looked. Again, like this whole thing of cheating the system. Or there's this, the other answer could be that they don't want to look different. Yeah. There is something bothering them, but that. they don't want to look like a completely different person. So what do you say to that? What would you say well, to those people? That's kind of not what our brand stands for. In fact, anytime that Dr. Asadi 
is kind of assessing a patient to come in for anything regarding the neck up, he asks them to bring in photos of themselves from when they were younger, from when they most identified with that younger person because now they don't even recognize themselves anymore and people are constantly coming up to them and asking, is everything okay? Are you tired? Uh, is everything all right at home with you and your partner? Maybe you need some extra sleep or, you know, kind of like it gets to them after yeah. a while. And they're like, I'm fine. Thank you very much. But the way that they're presenting themselves and, and it's sometimes it's worse when you try to cake on all the makeup for the yes. ladies. Yeah. But if the, when they bring in photos of themselves when they were younger, we're kind of trying to restore that rejuvenated look. We're not trying to make them look like anybody else. You shouldn't be able, you shouldn't be walking down the street and somebody who knows you not be able to recognize you. Yeah. Well, Dr. Asadi has said to me himself that if someone can tell that you've done work, then I didn't do it right. Right. And if you ask some of, I've spoken to some of the top people in the industry and they will say the same thing. The best type of work is the ones that you can't tell. Sorry. Also, I just thought of something going back to your other question. A lot of times the patient themselves feel confident to take the next step, but then they'll share that with like a friend or a family member that talks them out of it. Yes. You know, whether they're also too scared or jealousy, especially with a lot of our female patients and their friends or, you know, sisterly kind of relationship. Oh, you yeah. don't need to do that. Are you crazy? Yeah. What do you mean? You don't need to do that. When a lot of times they themselves have done it. They yes. want to look good, but they don't want their friend to look good. Or they want to, but they're too scared. Or they, yeah, exactly. And they're like, well, or if I can't do it, why should she? For yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Because when I started sharing that I was even doing really small things like Botox, I would get mixed reviews from people like, right. oh, one person actually said to me, I feel so sad that you feel like you need to do that. Which was really condescending, and I don't think it came from a good place when she said it. A lot of our patients will say that to Dr. Asadia and one of our nurses who works here, and she always has the right response for them. What does that person look like? Yeah, she didn't look good. You know? <laughs> Let's well, and, put it and that I way. don't want to make this all about vanity because yeah. Dr. Asadia has always instilled that, you know, with our brand and with our practice and, and, addressing the patients that it's not about vanity it's about how it makes you feel when a 16 year old girl comes here with breasts down to her knees and hasn't worn anything form-fitting in a time of her life that is already she has already so many reservations about you know her identity and socializing and going through hormonal changes and all of that people haven't seen her in a tank top or a bathing suit ever or got for god knows when you know she hides her body from herself and from the rest of the world. And she comes here and she has a breast reduction. We have changed her life forever. Yeah. You I know, think we teenage, forget about yeah, those late, people. Late, late teenagers or, you know, the young boys and girls that come, you know, in kindergarten. It usually starts when their ears are sticking out because everyone makes fun of them in school and calls them Dumbo and pulls on their ears. And, and we pin them back. That's called autoplasty. That's not plastic surgery for vanity. That's parents coming in here wanting to take care of their kids. Or same reason why a lot of kids are younger and younger starting orthodontic work because people are making fun of them. That's school, right. school is a scary place and everyone is super judgy. Yes. And bullying. 
Yes. That's what I try to impress upon people that I talk to about it is there should be no shame. If you want to come to Dr. Asadi's office and do surgery or if you just want to get a facial like what, what you were describing PRP or if you want Botox or whatever it is, you shouldn't have to deal with feeling like you're doing something wrong or right. dealing with other people's judgments about that. Yeah. I say you do you. Yeah. If that's what you need to feel better about yourself and to feel more confident, then do it. Yeah. Because that will make you perform better uh, at your job, as a partner, as a daughter, as a citizen, because then you will your output will be at a higher level. You know, there's so much pressure in the workplace you know, about performance and all of that. And that's why you'll see as people are getting a little bit older or as we have a lot of men in finance who are our patients that their wives don't even know come here, that their girlfriends don't even know come here. They come here for little things that their wives may not even notice. A little Botox, a little filler. They come in here, they have um, minor eyelid surgery done over a weekend. You know, the wife is off with the kids somewhere or they'll tell the wife that they're out of town. Well, that's surprising. They'll do a little lipo. Well, especially, I mean, I think it's not surprising when women are allegedly superficial. I'm saying that in air quotes, too. But men are not expected to be interested in that, right? So that's uh, it's, they probably have it worse Listen, than we do. I have come to realize that there is something that bothers everyone, whether you act upon that or not. Men, women, older, younger, people feel good when they exercise. People feel good when they take care of themselves. And I have noticed that even in the last couple of years, self-care has been really thrown out there and people shouldn't feel guilty about it. When self-care, maybe it's not the same exact thing, but I always say, put your seatbelt on first before you can take care of somebody else. They always say, put your oxygen mask on first before you take care of somebody else. Because if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of anybody around me. Yeah, that's really true. I tell my divorce clients that too. That's, I mean, there's so many overlapping areas that this, that what we do every day is applicable to other things. Uh, People come here they weren't even able to make eye contact for whatever reason because they were so self-conscious about something. We meet them, we come up with a treatment plan, we're part of their lives. Maybe we don't see them for a while. The next thing we hear is she signed up for online dating. She met a guy, they're engaged, they're getting married. We're, we're part of that. One member of a family will become our patient and then you know, and then the next thing you know, it's like a whole group of their friends or siblings, or cousins, or generations. We have grandmother, mother, grandchild. They all come here for different reasons because they feel good after they leave. It is very welcoming. There's a very warm, inviting environment here. You don't really feel like you're at a doctor's office. Well, when Dr. Asadi was designing this particular office, he didn't want it to feel clinical at all. It doesn't. He wanted you to feel like you were in a home kind of setting. We have comfortable couches everywhere. There's not like big white neon lights that make you feel like you're going to get like white coat syndrome or anything like that. I mean, people come here and they hang out. Even yeah, when I they do. don't have appointments. They bring all the sorts they bring all their family members or their friends here to meet Dr. Asadi to get to know us, the staff, you know, we're a smaller boutique practice that has a lot of 
patience, but you know, one person here does the job of 10 people. I've heard other people that have gone to other doctors complain that I felt like it was being rushed out. No, like, we're it's actually the opposite here. So when you are allocating time, <laughs> it's it, it doesn't work well when you're like, oh, I'll be in and out of there in an hour. Usually doesn't happen, not because you're waiting in the waiting room, but because you're probably coming into contact with almost everyone in the office at some point and you're chatting about your personal life and we're getting to know you and we know your stories and you know our stories and we exchange information and we don't just talk about treatments and products and surgery, but we're exchanging details about restaurant recommendations yeah. or des hotel hotels to go to or places to visit in the world or whatever. Yeah, I can vouch for that. We've talked about those things many times. Yeah. With you and with Dr. Yeah. Or fashion. Why not? Yeah, whatever. Everything. It's like a home here. It really is. So why don't we get into what some of the treatments are? Like when somebody comes in, you're not just coming in to get surgery. You do other things. Absolutely. So what are you seeing are the trends now in terms of doing things that aren't so invasive? I mentioned earlier about these tweakments. So that's T-W-E-A-K, tweakments. So it's little things that a patient can do to kind of enhance their appearance, whether that be Botox or fillers. Oh, so going back, I don't know if everyone listening knows that Botox is an injection that is um, administered into typically the upper part of the face to relax the movement of that the muscles make to kind of make you look very smooth and, and kind of camouflage the appearance of the fine lines and wrinkles. So it doesn't... It, it stops the repetitive motion, yes. right? So that the wrinkle yes. doesn't form. So it, it, it looks good. It looks smooth. It does. You know, so it's little things like that. Maybe some filler that could be, you know, injected under the eyes to give you or like a lifting your jawline or cheekbones or in your lips or around your mouth. Jawline contouring is huge. Yes. I want to talk to Dr. Asadi about so that. So I'll tell you a quick story. I went and I took a, a spin class. Oh, by the way, Christina and I both love SoulCycle. Yes. So I took a SoulCycle class last weekend, and I want to guess that there was about, out of the 70 people in there, 70 per 60, 70% of them were female, like in their late 20s, early 30s, and all of them had tech neck. Really? Yes. I, is that, that's a real that's thing? That's a real thing. And you're seeing it age group, not so much the older generations, because people weren't sitting at their desks or on their phones all day long. So they, it's almost like none of these girls had a neck. What does it look like, though? It it's, looks like there's a... There's not a contour? There's no contour. There's no definition. And <sighs> it's it's not fat. It's skin. And it's like this it's this loose skin hanging. Oh I don't God. even know if they have it, but I was like, wow, there's an opportunity. Well, if that doesn't make you rush into Dr. Asadi's office. But a lot of people, they, they don't know any better, you know? Well, I because they're not looking at themselves from that angle. Maybe. I think we are more mindful of things we didn't used to be because of Instagram and selfies. But then again, people are face-tuning. Yes. They're using those apps to change their appearance of what looks more aesthetically pleasing, not what they actually look like. They're using filters. So, and but do you get people that come in and say, "Well, I've been taking selfies and I really hate, you know, this one yeah. angle. Or I don't I, like the way my nose like looks." Everyone stares at themselves in that mirror in their car. Yes, or yes. they or in a selfie photo and they bring it here. But of course, you're always going to be your own worst critic. Yeah, that's true. 
So a lot of times Dr. Osada will be like, no, don't make mountains out of mohills. You know, he has told me not, you know, don't do that. You don't need it. Yeah. He I has. mean, you can't be because then the self-criticism will like grow exponentially. Yes. Sometimes there needs to be some acceptance. Again, it goes back to managing your expectations. Yeah. I think that's what each person has to figure out is where's the line for them. Like, I'm not being superficial. I there is something that really bothers me. And, and if I can tweak it, then I want to do that. Yeah. But you also want to balance that with, you know, if my right eye, eyebrow is slightly higher than the left, you know, I'm not going to go get surgery to fix that, that yeah. that's just silly. But I think that's, that is up to the person yeah. to kind of be self-critical. Absolutely. And make sure they're not doing that. So what else is trending? Collagen banking. So what is that? basically after the age of 25, we all start to lose, you know, the collagen, especially in our face, quite rapidly. And anytime you see uh, products that they're advertising for that have a lot of hyaluronic acid in them, uh, that's what's in cosmetic fillers. So you you want to try to boost up your, the collagen, your existing collagen, and like heat it up and keep it keep it where it is, and keep regenerating it. So non-invasive treatments like all therapy. That's using ultrasound technology to lift, tighten, and tone the areas, especially around the jawline and the face and neck, the decolletage, that's FDA approved. The fillers are great for collagen production, PRP with microneedling, laser resurfacing. So one, lasers are working on kind of the texture and the superficial skin, whereas all therapy and PRP with microneedling, ultrasound is working deep under the dermis. So you want to work on your foundation and then you want to also work on the texture and all of that. Well, that is something that I learned when I started doing Botox was it's not enough. I have to take care of my skin. Absolutely. Too. Every single day. And one of the cheapest, easiest ways is just to wear sunscreen. Yes. yes. You know, but people are like, oh, I don't know. I forget. Well, do you forget to brush your teeth? Well, I think if because you can't see the damage immediately, yeah. you 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 it's not important it'll, you know? it'll be important in 20 years yeah and then it's too late to well, do anything about it well you can't fix the brown spots that you got 20 years ago you can try to you know correct as much but it's all about prevention yes it's yes. all about education prevention correction you know well that's why i look at botox as preventive yeah. preventing wrinkles yeah because i have so many friends who are in their 30s or even early 40s, and they'll say, I don't need Botox yet. I don't I don't have those wrinkles. And I go, no, you have to get it now so you don't get the wrinkles. And it's also interesting, like, once you start doing little tweakments, you'll start to notice, like, maybe your friends around you are like, oh, she kind of needs a yeah. little freshening up. I do notice it. It's really terrible. It's you know? an affliction I can't or turn like, off. She needs to just take, he or she needs to just be taking care of herself or you lose sight of yourself. You know, you get caught up with life and work yeah. and other obligations and things like that. It's hard. It's yeah. work. So going back to anyone that you see looks good, it's because they're working on it. They didn't wake up and just look like that magically. And a lot of people yeah. don't understand that. It's not natural. So what else are we doing? You have lasers. I know there's other kinds of facial treatments that you can get that are non-invasive. You mentioned PRP. PRP stands for platelet-rich plasma, and that's derived from a small blood sample that we take here in the office, and then we centri you know, put in the centrifuge and microneedle it. Is that the, the vampire facial? Yes, it okay. is the vampire facial. And 
again, people that freaks out people a lot too because they're like, oh my God, I'm going to run out of here with blood on my face. No, you're, that's not what it happens. You know, one photo of Kim Kardashian many years ago goes yes. viral. It was good in the sense that it was educating people that see somebody like her is doing this, whatever, but then everyone thinks that's what they look like. Chemical peels are another amazing thing. Both uh, estheticians do it with a stronger level peel and Dr. Asadi is just obsessed with adding the highest level peel to by itself or with any other surgical procedures here in the office because that gives the best result for you know fine lines and wrinkles and brown spots uh, of the face around the mouth you know He's obsessed with chemical peels. I've read that PRP can treat hair loss. It can. It also can. Yeah. It takes a lot of treatments and, you know, being committed to that. I know a lot of uh, orthopedists also use it for joint repair. Are you seeing younger people coming in for treatments? Yeah. Because I I sure. mentioned to you at other times that I feel like the Kylie Jenner yes. movement or whatever. The selfie, the yes. selfie revolution um, put the neck and up back on the map as far as surgical and non-surgical because um, just historically, uh, surgery-wise, everyone was obsessed with the body. Uh, breast enhancement reduction yeah. lift um Lipo. liposuction abdominoplasty which is a tummy tuck uh hernia repair mommy makeovers and all of that and ever since social media and instagram blew up and you know this whole obsession with the selfies any industry related to the neck and up has exploded whether that's makeup skincare eyelashes eyebrows lips cheeks contouring eyelid surgery you know these are things that you cannot hide you don't walk around with a brown bag on your face you can't mm -hmm. hide it under your clothes and that's what everybody sees it's not just anti-aging though it's it's young women right it's enhancement where some could argue could be a little bit body dysmorphia you know like how big do you those lips need to be how long and like curly do those eyelashes need to be it it, it depends on the look you're going for. I think that's the aesthetic that has evolved. Younger people are, that's how they're, you know, in the priority of how they want to spend their money and how they want to look, especially in photos. You know, maybe they're spending less money on their clothes and their shoes, but they're, they're getting their eyelashes done every week or they're making sure their lips are nice and plump and glossy. I read somewhere that sales of mascara has gone down significantly because of the eyelash yes. extensions. I thought that was interesting. Not something I would have thought about. But lipstick and lip gloss are, have always been on the rise. So you've been doing this a while. How long have you been here? I've been here since 2007. So what does that put us at? 12, 13 years? Yeah. So you get to hear everyone's stories because I know I go into your office and I sit down and you basically know all my secrets. And I know I'm not the only one doing that. Well, yeah, I mean, that's 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 kind of the nature, I think, of this industry in general. And when you create a warm and inviting environment that makes the patient comfortable, they kind of open up to you 
when you get to meet them and when they're in the treatment room with Dr. Asadi or the nurse or myself and the estheticians, uh, they tell us things that nobody knows about them. I mean, I feel like hairstyle people in the hairstylist industry, your gynecologist and your plastic surgeon, dermatologist, whatever, knows everything about you. Yeah, you can't hide it's like much. A no, it's, not, it's a no-judgment zone, and like I said, people feel comfortable here. So what are some of the things that you hear? Is there, Do you hear a lot of similar stories, you know, in terms of what people want, what, what their fears are? Yeah, well, a lot of people come here because they're in a new chapter in their life. They're transitioning from high school to college. They want to change something about themselves. Uh, they're meeting all new people. No one's going to know, you know, nobody would have known that something is a little different about them. Um, so you have a lot of, you have a lot of pre-college students coming here for breast enhancement or reduction or rhinoplasty, which is a nasal procedure. Uh, you have patients coming in before they get married, whether, uh, it's the bride or the groom someone's getting married and you know they're whitening their teeth they're working on their fitness they're you know they they have a trainer they're going to the gym they're going you know they're doing some sort of uh airbrush tanning or um getting invisalign and they're starting to do skincare treatments and tweakments with dr asadi or they they're maybe doing some liposuction or breast enhancement someone wants to look good in their dress or the mother of the bride and groom want to look good for their child's big day. Maybe that's when they come in for their face, their eyes, their neck. Is there a certain age that you see here more in terms I would of demographics? Say between uh, 30 and 30 to 55. Yeah, 30 is young. Well, it depends what they're coming in for. What about facelifts? As far as the age? Yeah. Well, typically, what most people don't realize is that the younger you do your facelift, the more natural it's going to look, the longer it's going to last, and the, the outcome is going to be better because your skin elasticity and the collagen is going to be at its freshest point. Okay, so, so we're just going to do a consultation when we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm planning ahead. <laughs> Do you have any personal opinions about where the industry is going? You know, is there anything that's sort of really new? Where we are right now is a lot of people are having explant surgery done. I don't what know if you that? know what I that is. I don't know what that that's is. That's when they take their implants out and they don't replace them. Isn't the skin left kind of sagging? It depends. It depends really on the person, to, even if they're a candidate for that or people don't care maybe what it's going to look like. I mean, Why are they doing it? There was a bit of a scare with some silicone textured implants last year. L thankfully, we've never even used those implants. It's not so much a concern for our patients, but new patients coming in. We also have a lot of transgender patients. So Dr. Asadi has done a lot of facial contouring and uh, nasal procedures for people who are transitioning from one gender to the other. We also recently just did a procedure where we removed a woman's breasts. and As it was part of a transgender yeah, surgery? Yeah, like a masculinization of the chest because that patient really didn't identify with having female breasts. So they wanted to feel better in their skin. There's a lot of transgender procedures that 
that we that we're seeing more and more of. Why don't you tell our audience what happens when someone comes in for a consultation? What can they expect? Well, they're going to meet with Dr. Asadi and going to ask them, you know, hi, nice to meet you. What brings you here today? What bothers you? Like, how can I help you? And it's important to listen to the patient in order to manage their expectations as far as what he's going to suggest. What are they a candidate for? What is safe? You know, it's not like a one and done procedure sometimes. Sometimes it, like things have to be broken down into multiple treatment steps. And it's also important to look at their medical history, like what can this person handle or not handle? Again, it goes back to managing their expectations. So he spends a lot of time with a patient in the initial consultation um, with an overwhelming amount of information. Uh, And then they meet with me, and we go over the breakdown for the finances for both Dr. Asadi and if there's like facility and anesthesia fees that are involved. And then we look, we kind of like, I always ask them like, is there any special occasion coming up in your life? Like, how flexible are you? Uh, are you going on a holiday? You know, why are you doing this? Because if they come in and they're like, oh, my daughter's getting married in two weeks, that's a very different conversation and kind of treatment plan that we're going to discuss versus my daughter's getting married, you know, in nine months. Do you get people that are like repeat customers where they come in and they get something small? done and then they go I really like the way that turned out I'm gonna get something else done too. absolutely I think I was one of those people absolutely (laughs) and and, and it's it you know you're building a relationship with someone so it could be the simplest thing is they ended up coming here for you know just a skincare treatment and then with one of our estheticians and they end up meeting Dr. Asadi and talking about a slew of other things or when they make the appointment over the phone, they only mention one thing, but then it turns into many other things. So that's why meeting with Dr. Asadi is so crucial. And uh, I think patients don't understand the value of that a lot of times because they want all the answers over the phone. And that's not really possible because it, it is very customized here what we discuss and it's it's very bespoke on what he thinks is best for that individual person and it cannot be compared to anybody else well what I've seen happen a lot is someone will say I need Botox for something and then they'll come in and he'll say well if you tell me what bothers you right then I can assess it and what they thought they needed Botox for Botox really isn't going to help that so you actually need something else right and there's education in that there's value in that I wish everyone was as educated as they could be and open a lot of people don't know who they're going to and they don't know what products are being injected it's kind of frightening you want someone who does surgery you don't want and this isn't to put down any other professions but you want someone also who does this all the time this is what they do I like not like a side hustle not a dabbler and even with what I do for a living as a lawyer I always tell people don't go to someone who doesn't practice divorce if you want a divorce because they might be somewhat familiar with it but you want them to know it like the back of their hand right right also make sure that physician or that plastic surgeon is affiliated with an accredited facility 
sometimes when it sounds too good to be true or when it comes to cost and this and that, and they're like, oh, we can do it in the offices because that person is not allowed or accredited to do that procedure in in a real hospital facility. Yeah, I actually have heard of people just shopping around, trying to get the best price, getting a Groupon for B- Botox or something like that. And, and they wonder why it didn't work or why it didn't last long or all of that. And, you know, like anything else in life, you get what you pay for. There yeah. is probably a reason that person is cheaper. Just pay for it. You're paying and for their it's, expertise. It's not a car. It's yeah. not a house. It's not a tangible thing. It's your body. It's your face. And all these things go wrong sometimes, and people wonder why. Yeah. Was it I, worth it? I don't understand that when people shop around. Like, you find the person that is qualified. You trust them. You know they do good work. They're going to take care of you. Or, or huh? even many times people come here, and they're and they're trying to... Dr. Asadi kind of will recommend like a comprehensive plan that's going to create a harmonious look. And they kind of like nitpick like, well, what if I take this out? And what if we cut that? And what if we don't do this? And I said, you know what? Honestly, I think it's better that you don't do it at all because you're not going to be happy with the results and he's not going to be happy. You might as well either completely scratch the idea or wait. Wait when it's a better time, a better opportunity, when you're financially more confident. Do it right. Do it right because it's not worth it. You're not going to be happy. Then you're going to come back and say, well, I don't, why does this look like this? What about, you know, what about this area? What about that area? I why agree. didn't you address that? I and, agree. And, and that happens sometimes. It's, it's just better for both parties. I really always want to emphasize to people not to be afraid to come in and talk at, about what procedures they might want to have to feel better about themselves yeah. I'm just so tired of looking into my girlfriend's faces and seeing this fear come over them it's fear of the unknown yeah it's and fear of the unknown and the stigma and yeah. the judgment well I can't relate because as soon as I decide On I want to do something yeah. like that's it it's like is he available of, tomorrow <laughs> no but a lot of people you have mm-hmm. to be ready yeah, I guess so. I guess you have to be ready. So when my audience is ready, Dina, please tell us how we can find Dr. Asadi. You can find us on Instagram at Asadi Plastic Surgery. That's A-S-A-A-D-I Plastic Surgery. Uh, again, Dr. Asadi is a cosmetic board certified plastic surgeon. He is the chairman of the department at St. Barnabas Medical Center. We also practice in Manhattan and are affiliated with Lenox Hill and Manhattan Eye, Ear, and Throat Hospitals. He's known for the face and eyes and body contouring, and he's also known as the hashtag iGuy. So look us up. Thank you, Dina, and thank you, listeners, for listening to Wake Up Call with Christina Previtt. If you want to know more about me, you can go to my website at christinaprevitt.com, and you can also find me on Instagram at Wake Up Call the Podcast. Would love to hear your feedback. If you love the show, if you hate the show, if there's someone in particular that you'd love for me to interview or a topic that you want to hear about, please let me know. I want to hear your feedback.